It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Good afternoon, Peter people. And welcome to a brand new edition of the Peter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official presenting sponsor of PeterReport.com. We got an action-packed show for you on this Thursday afternoon with a top-notch guest. Uh, We're going to be covering the Pro Bowl, going over our thoughts on the new offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, and also handing out some accolades and some hardware on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Joining me is Logan Robinson. He is the founder and owner of Null Game Day, Bucks Game Day, UFC Knockout, also serves as a managing publisher over at Men's Journal, and is the host of the Hear the Spear podcast. He's a very busy guy, so thanks for joining me. Adam, thank you. It was fun this week, or this last week, I should say, when we were hanging out over in Orlando, just jotting over there a few times throughout uh, the weekend. But uh, there's been a lot to talk about, like we just talked about with Liam Cohen being officially the offensive coordinator, being able to actually talk to him uh, whenever he came in for his introductory press conference and a handful of things from Pro Bowl. Got some defensive stuff to talk about. So I appreciate you inviting me on to here. They all do a phenomenal job, and it's great to work together on covering such a fun uh, team with a great fan base. Oh, yeah, for sure. And for everyone uh, watching, we we do have a new story that just went live uh, three minutes ago over at PeterReport.com. Uh, Josh Capo and Scott Reynolds both covered the latest mock draft 2.0. It's going to be in the comments uh, right now. So feel free to go over there and check it out after the show or during the show. Be curious to get your thoughts on it. But now we are going to be covering... Let's first go over the Pro Bowl and kind of get your thoughts on that. Because, man, we had some great interviews, a lot of news going on. We have Baker Mayfield, Tristan Wirfs, Scott Van Pelt, uh, Jason Kelsey. What, what were your thoughts maybe on some of the interviews and what they had to say? It was super fun. That was my first Pro Bowl, Adam. And, you know, we got to hang out the whole weekend practically. I was there uh, uh, Saturday and then got to be there all during the game on Sunday. but. Now, I wasn't expecting much of it from a media side to get as much access as we did. But, man, when you've got Baker Mayfield there, kind of one-on-one for you and I to cover for yeah. our outlet, and then you've got Scott Van Pelt, legendary ESPN anchor, coming over to chop it up. It's just kind of like a fanboy moment for you and I just being in the sports media business side of things. But, to Tristan Wirfs is always great with the media. He's one of the best that we have in the locker room. So being able to go one-on-one and just chop it up with those guys was really fun. And, you know, trying to keep it more on 
just the fun side, just because yeah. they're there in Orlando. They want to have fun. They want to have a good time. They're and going to Universal. Yeah. Like the roller coaster rides. I want to know if Tristan Worse is able to get on some of these rides and Baker Mayfield's uh, throwing some jabs at him, making fun of him, saying, you know, Tristan Worse had to change quite a bit throughout uh, the day on the roller coaster rides because he couldn't fit yeah. on some, some of the seats. But uh, the guys had a great time. Um, you know, obviously they won the game overall, but the, the NFC dominated a lot of the battles outside of just the game. And uh, just getting to speak to with, um, you know, Kelsey after the game, Jason Kelsey, and talk about Ryan Jensen and the respect that he has for him. Also, too, you asked a great question about Baker Mayfield, and he has a ton of respect for Baker and yeah, you know, them being able to face each other two times this last season and one of them being a, in a pivotal playoff matchup. So uh, overall, just really fun. The fans were uh, – the crowd was great there in Orlando. Really colorful, too. He got all the, all the jerseys from all the different teams out there representing yeah. – yeah, it, it, it was great. And then, too, you know, it's not just those players. It's just fans of football being around some of those great guys that are in their prime right now, uh, getting up close with them and getting some interviews. Just just a fun time overall. But the two guys with Baker and Tristan, they really represented the Buccaneers organization very well. Um, and I know we'll discuss some more, too, you know, just depending on what, uh, you know, the Bucks want to do. We got their offensive coordinator, but, you know, Baker's a big pivotal part in what they are, are planning to do in this 2024 season. Yeah, definitely. And I actually have a couple videos here from the Pro Bowl uh, when we were asking Baker Mayfield to kick off uh, his thoughts on the roller coaster rides, if he's doing any baking, uh, his relationship with Tristan, and also the offseason. So let's kick it off. So here's the Pro Bowl. Tristan's here. How many uh, roller coaster rides have y'all gone on, and how many could he not get on? I rode more than he could get on. Um, we did the Velocicoaster right when we got there. We got front row. Yeah. He fit in that, which is great. So then we we went back again, and they told him the back was better. So we got in the back row, and he didn't fit. So they tried about three more rows in front of him. Poor guy. No. Baker, uh, in the off season, do you plan on doing any baking? And uh, what would your wife uh, Emily's thoughts be? Um, probably just make sure everything's cooked so I don't make her sick. That, that's that's probably safety first. Can you tell us a little bit about Tristan Wirth's relationship with them? Your first year in Tampa, but just how yeah. quickly y'all bonded. It seemed like it was right away. It, it really was right away. It was one of those things. That it's truly out of the Step Brothers movie. Did we just become best friends type thing? And uh, no, it, we get along great. Meredith's awesome, and so um, yeah, we're we're both about to be dads here pretty soon. So our, our friendships obviously unique but then we're timing wise of life we're, we're in the same place you said uh in the off season you're going to be staying in tampa uh do you have any plans in the off season golf a lot of golf before i before i can't have to change a lot of diapers um <laughs> other than that yeah gonna go down to the bahamas with a couple of the guys after the super bowl and then other than that just start working out and, and get back into it yeah so baker mayfield had a lot of things to say there Tristan Wirfs doesn't fit on all the roller coaster rides and both him and Tristan, they have a great relationship. So all signs kind of indicate to Baker Mayfield being back. Now uh, there was a hot mic moment yesterday uh, where he was caught with Steve Young kind of talking about his plans for next season. Sounds like he wants to get the gang back together and stay in Tampa Bay. Yeah, it does. It does. It's funny. You know, whenever you have Radio Row going on, there's so many things happening at the same time and so many interviews. And 
there's so many hot mics everywhere left and right. And so when I caught up that audio there, you know, him telling, you know, trying to settle in here, trying to bring in a few pieces to bring back for this 2024 team, you know, everything was already pointing to where, you know, Baker, he, he wants to be in Tampa. He has specifically told a lot of the media this week on uh, Super Bowl week and, and radio row that he, loves this organization how it's ran and he feels like he can be himself and it's all about football and you can just tell that relationship is going to play the biggest role for him on you know if they can come to an agreement which i think we all are leaning that that's going to happen um but you know still got to get paid and you know after yeah. the season he had last year there there's some things that you have some high optimism of where this offense can go and just putting a few pieces back together could really extend that offensive efficiency. So, yeah, the hot mic moment, you love to see those. Uh, it creates for some good content for us on this end to be able to talk about it. But I, it's good to hear him have that kind of behind-the-scenes talk of how high he thinks of Tampa Bay and the organization. Yeah, and also uh, the Liam Cohen press conference. It isn't often that the quarterback rolls up and you know says hi, gives him a hug. Uh, Liam Cohen all dressed fancy in a suit. Uh, the two just chopping it up. So it definitely looks like uh, Baker Mayfield approves of the Liam Cohen hire. And again, just working with an offensive coordinator where it's the same system, where with the Rams uh, in 2022, worked with Cohen under Sean McVay. A lot of that offense will carry over uh, this season for the Bucks, And the 2.0 of the offense with Cohen may be even better than the Canales offense, the 1.0 just a lot of the continuity, the guys, a lot of the players on the team, they haven't even yet hit their ceiling. When you have uh, Rashad White, Luke Gedeke, Cody Mauk, Trey Palmer, there's so much potential there. And things are looking up for Tampa Bay should they be able to re-sign all of their star players. Yeah, and they did a good job. And I think to Jason Light, he gets criticism during the draft time just because of some of these players that are from some lower divisions or maybe not and the sec big 10 you know there's some guys that he just finds that he kind of feels are, are gems and you know we saw some of those this last season and developing those guys into a second year will be huge because there's some even from the previous uh class that we saw an increase in production and we saw some guys uh, be some surprises uh, like Izzy and two on the defensive side, yeah. you know, there's some guys that are, can still make a massive jump going into their year two. Um, but yeah, there, there's things on offense that Baker Mayfield, he he feels like I, I want to come back. And mm -hmm. there's some things, some pieces that I really hope that we're going to be able to maintain, bring back, figure out, figure out something with Mike Evans to where, you know, I think the whole organization, the whole fan base, Everybody, they want to keep Mike Evans no matter what. And that's something that they've, you know, that's that's the that's the job of being the GM, Jason Light. That he's, he's going to have a, you know, uh, this is his time to shine. And uh, yeah. we'll see what ends up happening there for for Baker and getting some weapons around him. Yeah. And switching it over, uh, the topic of today's show is the awards on defense and also re-signing Antoine Winfield Jr. to a new contract. I bring back another Buccaneer for life and Levante David. So want to kick it off. The MVP. Uh, this maybe took, I don't know, a second or two to, to really figure out here. But uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. definitely needs to be the MVP on defense and what he was able to do. Uh, the stats really tell the story. 122 tackles, you know, six sacks, six forced fumbles. 
to me, he was the difference between the Bucs making and missing the playoffs just based on him making these game-changing plays. And that's how he should be getting paid-wise. You know, this is a guy that is super, super talented, really fun to watch also, too. We get to spend a lot of time with him behind the scenes. So, Adam, you and I are always going over there to chop it up with him and grab some interviews when we can, and he's always so welcoming to that and really personable. And he's not really – he'll admit to you, you know, he's not the biggest guy in the locker room that's going to be chatty and talk talk, uh, talk a lot. But yeah. this season, he kind of had to turn into that role a little bit. He told us that that whenever things were – when they were having that losing streak in the middle of the season – you know, it, it turned to where he had to be vocal in the locker room. And we, you know, heard from a couple of his teammates on the defensive side, and they, that kind of alerted them a little bit just because of Antoine. That's not his usual self, but he turned into a big, you know, a vocal leader for the Bucks, and something that I think was needed whenever we're watching, you know, the Devin White and, you know, kind of some side drama going on there. They needed that presence of someone being vocal and someone that's highly respected in the room to say something whenever they were going through that losing streak. But like you said, yeah. Adam, the changing plays are absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, all respect to Buda Baker, who we saw at the Pro Bowl, but there was no reason why Antoine Winfield <laughs> Jr., should have not been in Orlando. We should have been interviewing him along with Baker Mayfield and, and Tristan Wirfs. Watching Antoine Winfield play is is just so much fun. And as a Bucks fan, you just feel comfortable. You have that reliability of having a strong yeah. safety back there that can hold his ground. And you know, when it comes down to the last second of stripping a ball out before reaching the <laughs> reaching the end zone, allowing the opponent opponent to get a touchdown, that's where Antoine and he did it Winfield twice. Shines. Yeah. 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 That's where he shines. So, uh, you know, I I agree 125 percent here that that's that's defensive MVP. He earns that. And I just really like this. I like the the way that he kind of moved into that vocal role this season. I'm interested to see, you know, how if you know things work out that moving forward in this Buccaneers organization, uh, you just love to have a player like that stick around in your locker room. Yeah, for sure. And just want to say that. He really should have been on that Velocicoaster with Baker and Tristan uh, in Orlando, but they did give him first team all pro. So Bucks fans can take some solace in that. Uh, but with Antoine Winfield Jr., definitely the heart and soul of this Bucks defense, him and Levante. So fully expect both of those guys to be back. And you know who else is going to be back is Yaya Diaby and Kalijah Kansi. And they get our pick for the best rookies. Uh, Christian Izian. Also want to mention him as a runner-up. But when you look at Kalijah Kansi and Yaya Diaby, you can't really pick between one or the other. Both of these guys, they really stepped up and emerged at different points in the year. Uh, Kansi, after being hurt the first few games with a calf injury, he was a menace in the pass rush. And then Yaya Diaby coming through, recording seven and a half sacks this season. Both of these guys are more than deserving to be uh, the best rookies. I think you're impersonating Matt there in the way that he yeah, says. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hear that a ton. Hear that a ton whenever we're with Matt uh, there for practices. But, yeah, the, these two were studs. And, you know, we were there at training camp. We were talking about it there at the Pro Bowl about that being one of the most vicious things that we had to go through. And we were just actually media members. But during training camp, these guys go through it. And just to see them acclimate so quickly to – honestly, and it's – I don't know. It's something more to it, but just for them to acclimate really quickly to Todd Bowles' defense, going through training camp and having the flashes that we saw, 
I don't think we expected to see such of a jump from Yaya Diaby. I thought that, you know, this is a big boy. You know, how yeah, is he, he going to acclimate into this weather? And the, when you're down here in Tampa, you're in the summer, you're in the early parts of the football season, too. It is hot. And yep. it's not easy for these big guys to move around and pl- have as many snaps with the consistency. But Yaya, Yaya just showed out, man. And the, the fact that he was able to build so much consistency, he was great in the run game, then also to shifting over and being a pass rusher. Uh, you know, that's something I think Todd Bowles is just licking his chops, getting ready for year two with him. And then on the other side, on the inside specifically with Kalijah, I was very high on him once the Buccaneers drafted him. He went through, like you said, that injury early on in training camp. Didn't get to see a whole ton of him just because he was rehabbing. And you could just tell, too, it impacted him in the early going of his rookie season. But once he got off that rust and we talked to him in the locker room and he said he felt good, you would see it the next on that Sunday when we'd be in there yep. in Raymond James Stadium. The pass rush, just him causing havoc with his pressure on the inside, getting to the backfield, uh, you know, adding that with Vita Vea, who we all know who Vita Vea is. He's going to get back there most times to none. Uh, matching that together is something that this this Buccaneers defense, for how young it is with some of these young stars, you, you just can't be any more excited for what's to come under this Bulls defense and what he likes to do package-wise and scheme-wise. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Vita Vea there. I want to see him against uh, Paul Pierce in that that forty yard dash. You know, there's a talk of that happening. But you mentioned Kalaja Kansi and just what he was able to do as a rookie. It speaks volumes because stepping in on defense and it's Todd Bowles defense nonetheless, and just coming in like hit, hitting the ground running, getting four sacks from a defensive tackle. I mean, that's a really good number. That's higher than Gerald McCoy, Warren Sapp when they were rookies for the Bucks. So Kalaja Kansi. The sky really is the limit for him. And then pairing that with Yaya Diaby, who, by all looks of it, appears to be the next uh, top pass rusher for the Bucs. With Shaq mm-hmm. Barrett, his future kind of murky, Yaya Diaby has every chance to be that double-digit sack guy for years to come. And two, you know, you've got the on-field part about it, but just as a, a person, getting to know these guys and these rookies that came in, you know, we spend a whole ton of time with them. We're watching them at practice. We're talking to them every day in the locker room afterward, and they give us a ton of time, which is really nice from them. But just the way they present themselves and just the personalities, there's a ton to like, too. And so yeah. there's the, the on-field, off-the-field. The Bucks did a really good job in this last draft of doing their homework on them. And I think nowadays it's really important to make sure that you're bringing in some good people. Uh, that would be future good teammates in a locker room. And that builds a really good chemistry because that's something too. I think the Buccaneers lacked last year is, you know, they had the Tom Brady stuff going on, had the divorce stuff. And that really kind of, I think twisted up the locker room and swords and, you know, just weren't able to find much success like they thought they would have. And, you know, now with how we had Dave Canales this last season coming to the Buccaneers, Buccaneers organization, Baker Mayfield, that kind of high spirited energy really. Yeah. That leadership. Yeah, and it branched around that whole entire locker room and it allowed some guys to be themselves. And, you know, I'm looking at Liaya Diaby and Kalijah. Those guys just meshed in quickly. And, you know, having some of those older leaders in the locker room also helped a ton on the defensive side with them, I think, with growing comfortability. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, these two guys are, are studs. And just wait till, you know, you get a full training camp for Kalijah Kansi going into his year two. It's going to be fun to watch. 
Yeah, for sure. And you talk about leadership, you talk about energy. There's no better energy source than Celsius. Uh, and the Celsius Essentials line that just came out, it's performance energy with 270 milligrams of caffeine to help you live fit. And it also has no sugar, which helps. Uh, Celsius Essentials is the ultimate energy drink line by Celsius, formulated for fitness enthusiasts looking to elevate their performance. It's made with Celsius's proprietary Meta Plus formula and three essential aminos. It provides you with an unbeatable combination of ingredients that support your physical and cognitive performance. With a special, specially formulated lineup of bold flavors, Celsius Essentials is a game changer for those wanting to unlock their full potential and take their fitness journey to the next level. Whether that's the Blue Crush, you got the Orange Sickle, aka the Cream Sickle, you can go with some OG options such as a sparkling orange, the lemon lime, or even keep the vibes high with the Arctic and Peach vibe. Now, Logan, uh, do you have any favorite Celsius flavors? I'm looking at a few of these right now. I'm, I'm a big blueberry guy, so I immediately look at this Blue Crush one right here that I feel like I would literally crush right now because <laughs> I need some more energy to finish off this day. It's kind of, kind of been busy with the Buccaneers news and Baker being on the radio row, but yeah, anything blueberry-wise, sign me yep. up. I, I need it. Yeah, no, I hear you. And you can find your flavor by going to the Celsius store locator to find a Celsius near you. That could be a Target, a convenience store, or as Maddie Diamonds likes to say, a bodega. Uh, you can also get it in bulk on Amazon. Right now, the uh, Celsius Essentials line is available at 7-Elevens nationwide. You can find the three-flavor variety pack at Walmart on rollback and rolling out nationwide uh, now at select retailers. So again, kick off your day the right way and get a Celsius Essentials. All right, so now moving forward, we have the next award, and that is Most Improved. So on the defensive side of the ball, our pick is going to be Zion McCollum, uh, the second-year corner who really stepped up uh, after a rookie, rookie season of some struggles. Uh, he improved in his tackling, his coverage, and with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis kind of being hurt at times throughout the year, he was the other guy, the other boundary corner that really stepped up. And uh, to me, at least, I thought he really improved. And the next step for him is going to be increasing his production, uh, getting those interceptions and really being a playmaker. He has all the traits, you know, the 4.3 speed to compete with Trey Palmer in practice and the height, the size. It, he just needs to put it all together. He's extremely rangy, and we can see that at practices and him going into his year two, just seeing the improvement that he made. And you're right, you know, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, we kind of make, you know, we, we kind of make some jokes about it at, at practices with some of the other beat members, but it's hard for those two to stay uh, stay healthy at the same time. So yeah. Zion was able to get a ton of uh, production just because of that and him making some plays all throughout the season and just seeing him grow that confidence. That's something that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. 
Todd Bowles continue to tell us all throughout the season is that him, he's a very smart player, really intelligent, but him just understanding the defense more is what ha has helped propel him and building that confidence and making those plays on the field. And, you know, there would be some times though we'd see some of the offenses go after Zion, but I think that's such a great learning lesson for him. And, you know, this, this staff feels very high on him. They still do. And they expect to see more production, like you were saying, out of Zion going into his year three, but he's got all that natural talent, natural ability, the physical yep. attributes. He's got everything that you want there with the corner. Um, but yeah, whenever you've got some speed that you're going against, definitely with like a Trey Palmer, uh, Devin Tompkins, like when you've got that going on, and then you've also got to switch over real quickly to a taller, bigger guy like Mike Evans. You've got Chris Godwin, who's such a great gadgety when you need to be, uh, just depending on where Chris Godwin's going to be out on the field. You know, Zion's had, had has had some really good competition and practice along with, you know, some training camps. So he, he's learning and getting better. But yeah, I, I agree here. He's he's seen some really nice, solid improvement, and that's what uh, Todd Bowles wants to see out of Zion. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You make some great points there. And uh, there is a chat here I want to get to uh, from Eric Cop. Caldwell, uh, Cam Jordan called Ryan Jensen a trash can today and <clears> pretended <throat> to forget his name. Like, how do you how do you forget Ryan Jensen's name? Uh, anyway, he says random but relevant. Uh, we talked about it a little bit before the show went live. Uh, wanted to get your thoughts on that, Logan. Yep, we were. We we're talking about it in the production meeting before going live, but we just put out a piece there for Bucks game day. And uh, Cam Jordan always continues to give us content, so I'm not against that. But Cam Jordan, man. He said before he doesn't think the Buccaneers are rivals, but you just continue to not get them out, get the team out of your mouth. So, uh, yeah, you definitely, definitely, he's, the Bucs are on his mind quite a bit, as you can tell. Uh, Ryan Jensen, though, if we're really going to go, if we're going to, I'm a big UFC guy. We cover the UFC. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm, I was immediately thinking here, what are we looking at? What it could be the tangibles for a fight here? You know, Jensen, recovery-wise, if let's say a fully healthy Ryan Jensen, Cam Jordan, I think that would be a battle. I mean, we've seen the battles before, but, you know, Jensen's always on the inside there. But uh, fight-wise, uh, I, I don't know if Cam Jordan wants a whole ton of Ryan Jensen. Definitely when Jensen's pissed off, I, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a good idea for him. But no. Cam Jordan's Cam Jordan, man. He continues to always be in the limelight of just talking trash about Buccaneers players. That's for sure. Yeah, and and, uh, and Jason Light, and yeah, he threw a shot at Jason Light too. I remember that just a little while ago. So yeah, yeah, saying that the the Bucks weren't going to go anywhere and back to where the Bucks have always been. Uh, I think yep. Jason Light handled him pretty accordingly. Uh, this comment here from Kieran: It's like we live rent free in Cam's mind, referring to the Bucks. And yeah, again, he just can't keep the Bucks uh, out of his mouth when he talks, when he speaks. And honestly, if you put both of them together right now. I would take Ryan Jensen at this moment over Cam Jordan if they were going at it. I don't know about you, but <laughs> I would. I, you know, I've seen Ryan Jensen even before I moved down here to Tampa to fully cover the Buccaneers. Uh, just the way, too, that if he's protective over someone, too, like he was with his quarterbacks, no matter who it was, and definitely specifically Tom Brady there at the end, like, man, he, he can get fired up easily. So just, Getting him ticked off would probably not be the best idea, but I'm interested to see. Jensen's not a big social media guy, so we're probably not going to get a response from him. And we can't go and ask him <laughs> in the locker room after he just retired. Congratulations to him. But, yep. um, you know, that would be it would be a fun battle. Sign me up. I think it only goes three rounds, and I've got Jensen uh, early second round. 
uh, Knocko. TKO. Yeah. 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 Yep. I got, I got like a nice little TKO there for under Jensen. So you've heard it from the UFC guy himself that, that Logan thinks that Ryan Jensen would knock him out. Uh, but moving forward, we got the most disappointing player and Mm -hmm. this maybe isn't the accolade that you want uh, to earn if you're uh, Devin white, but Devin white for his play this season, he gets most disappointing. When you look at it, you see Antoine Winfield Jr. really balling out in his contract year. Devin White didn't do it. He had a great first game against Minnesota. He had like a 90 PFF grade that really backed that claim. But then he kind of, you know, disappeared. There were games he was inconsistent. Later in the season against the Packers, KJ Britt came in. He filled in. He did better than Devin White. And he has a real shot to be that other starting inside linebacker. And then also J.J. Russell, Servassier Dennis. They filled in quite well uh, in Devin White's stead. And for Devin White, I don't think he's going to be getting live in Tampa anymore. Not going to be doing the horse celebration. He's going to be finding a new home. Uh, So in this case, he makes most disappointing. Yep. And, you know, with Britt, always loved Britt's play style there at linebacker. Really physical, fast. And, you know, we saw it there in the latter half once he got more production over Devin White. And two, you know, just the, the public, the public viewing of Devin White, he just doesn't help himself in, in no. some regard. You know, just the things that he'll say on social media, the things of deleting images and bringing them back and then posting them, some things on his stories. Like he just kind of just asks for the, for the Buccaneers fan base just to be ticked off at him. And then whenever you go out there on a Sunday and you don't perform well or you definitely perform in a dis- disappointing fashion, yeah. You're going to get wrecked on on social media and people aren't going to be happy with you. And then, you know, Todd Bowles is always standing up for him. And I, I think the whole situation there was just a whole uh, crap show. I, I don't yep. understand how that was handled. It wasn't handled well at all. Uh, just a lot of excuses. And, you know, that I understand you're protecting player and everything. But it was pretty apparent that, hey, Britt, he's playing better. He's looking better on film. He's doing their assignments right. This is why he's getting more playing time. He's going to play over Devin White. That's it. And, um, you know, Bowles has a has a, you know, a really strong feeling for Devin White. And I understand that. But just on the film wise. Yeah. You know, this, it was not a great season for Devin White. And, you know, you got to hope that wish him the best of luck on, on where he ends up going next. But, you know, just looking at Britt and what he showed us, he, he can step in and, and play that role and, you know, play it better. And it's just yeah. straight up forward with it and being truthful. And Britt also, he was a guy in the middle of the huddle, like breaking down the team, showing that energy. And when you look at it, do players really want to listen to Devin White when he's missing tackles, when he's making those social media posts? It came into a question this season of him being a captain and before like uh, his contract demand. That didn't happen when he was supposed to get 20 million a year. Uh, but he's really the only one that that sees that for himself. But KJ Britt, he did a really good job. And it I want to get your thoughts on this comment from Gary here. Uh, the most disappointing, Whiter Neal. What are your thoughts on Ryan Neal also being in consideration here? Oh, Neal would have been my second uh, pick there. I just wasn't maybe expecting a whole... I wasn't expecting as much as I do with Devin White. And it's not even the part of you know Devin White on the field, but just like the things I was just saying there, it kind of just adds on a distraction to the Buccaneers. And I think that played a role too in the locker room a little bit. And you're just bringing... It's just added on drama that's not needed. Um, you know, Ryan Neal, 
he had definitely some brutal misses and some bad plays this last season. Then there'd be some plays where he'd make up for it. And he'd, he'd make a splash play here and there, but yeah, Ryan Neal, you know, that I was not the most, uh, wasn't the best first season back with the Buccaneers, but for Devin White, it's still is my pick here just because of the added, added stuff. And it doesn't even, you know, we could have all just kept it on the field and, mm-hmm. you know, things might've been closer here on who we pick, but to me, Devin, you know, this didn't help the locker room much. And I think that's something that this Buccaneers organization overall desperately needed from last season where it was an absolute shambles. It was really tough to go in the locker room after games, certainly after losses when that team lost and nobody was talking to one another. It doesn't seem like there's nope. any chemistry with one another. It was just nothing. And so, um, you know, I, I think that's something that, you don't want to have that kind of cancer anymore. And uh, there's too much of a distraction in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And uh, with Ryan Neal, very close second here. And just when he signed with the team, uh, they looked at his PFF grade. He graded out as like the fourth or best, fourth or fifth best safety in the national football league. And you're like, okay, he can slide in next to Antoine Winfield jr. And be that other playmaker. And it really just didn't happen. There were so many times where, he blew coverages. Uh, what sticks out to me is a Falcons game against Kyle Pitts with a game on the line. He blew the coverage. The Lions game when uh, I think it was Brock Wright just kind of went past him on a on a little move. He looked like Dan Conley from the Patriots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, that was brutal. Oh, that yeah. was tough to watch. That was uh, something we talked about a lot in our in our in our group chat for Bucks game day. I was in utter shock of what I just viewed. <laughs> yeah, but. On a brighter note, how about a breakout player on defense? Um, Marquis Watts is our pick here. Logan, your thoughts on Marquis Watts maybe having a potential breakout as a pass rusher next season? Yeah, man, he he found a, a rhythm there, and it seemed like things were clicking for him, and I think him getting more opportunities. All of us covering the team will talk about it at practice, like, you know, we're going to see some more Watts because he's got that potential, you know, Todd Bowles wants to give him more playing time because you see the upside that he can bring if things are clicking for him. And, you know, it's just more about building production for Watts. And, you know, you kind of start thinking about what you're going to do in this upcoming year and this upcoming draft too. you know what you've got with Yaya, you know what, you know, what's going on with there with Barrett. But then if, you know, Watts can take that next step, then boom. Yeah. You've got a nice other piece there to add into that room that can come in and be a pass rusher for this Buccaneers defense. And definitely with what Todd Poles likes to do and some of his schemes and black uh, blitz packages. And you throw in a Watts guy like this, who had those strides and those flashy moments. uh, You know, that's kind of how I thought of him throughout this season was just a flashy guy. And, you know, he would come in and not talked about a whole ton, but is someone that we will most certainly be keeping a close eye on going into uh, the early parts of, you know, training camp, but OTAs, everything like that. We're going to be keeping a close eye on him, but this is someone that really broke out for the the Buccaneers this 2023 season. Yeah. And I'd argue that maybe Watts should have deserved uh, more playing time down the stretch, uh, getting more than like five or 10 snaps a game, just based on the power, no pun intended that Watts brought. And you look at, in practice when Tristan Wirfs and Luke Gedeke were calling him the toughest challenge uh, lining up against him. And for Marquise Watts, he really has a chance next season to kind of take a, a lesser Yaya Diaby climb uh, in going from maybe being, you know, you start the season as a fourth or fifth 
outside linebacker. Should the team draft a rookie? We'll get into that in a little bit. But maybe by the end of the season surpasses Anthony Nelson, Joe Tranchenka, and he's that second or third option. Definitely could see that just based on his pass rushing capabilities and maybe kind of emerging as that breakout guy. Now, is there anyone else on the defense that you could see really breaking out next year? You know, I, I think a piece and, and the secondary here, specifically with Christian Izian, you know, that's someone too who I thought early on was uh, going to be the potential breakout star for the Bucks this last season. Um, just some things of just understanding the defense more and really more specifically, maybe what the offenses are bringing him. Some more knowledge for him is going to be big and, and the growth because that's something that, you know, really in defenses nowadays, you want to have that versatile a defensive back and that's some Christian is in you saw the power that he brings he's really physical he can move around in the secondary but there's some times too where he'd have some slip-ups but you gotta remember he was just a true rookie man and so yeah. him going into his second year it's kind of like with a few guys like Zion you know you hope to see that progression there and I think that could be a potential breakout star for the Buccaneers and uh, would be nice to add on with, with what the Buccaneers already have. But I, I really like what we what we saw from Christian Izian. And, you know, I got to give a lot of respect to a lot of the, the handful of these youngsters that are on Bulls' defense. It's not an easy system to get down. There's a no. lot of moving parts, different packages, and they got it down really quickly. And I'm sure there's some things on film that, you know, there, there's a lot of things on film that they missed out on and had some errors here and there. But just to see the Bulls, Bulls having confidence in them and the rest of the, the defensive uh, coaching staff, they, they see a bright future for a lot of these guys. I think Izian is one of those that will highlight going into this 2024 season. Yeah. Izian's a great pick and definitely could see him fitting in well, whether that's as the nickel corner again, or if they move him to strong safety, he has the build there. He played there at Rutgers and he also at Rutgers showed some ability to get his hands on the football and make some plays. Uh, showing his craftiness, uh, if you will. But with Izian, he's definitely another guy who could break out. Kind of went under the radar this year, in my opinion. Had those two interceptions in the first two games, but was always a solid contributor, whether that was run defense or coverage. So definitely could see him breaking out. And you mentioned versatility. Um, you want versatility in the real estate market. And the Eric Gross Group has you covered. Uh, they've done hundreds of transactions in this crazy real estate market, and they have experience in all types of situations. Eric is an avid Pewter Report reader and a Tampa native, and he and his team have the market knowledge, top-notch communication, and the commitment to excellent service that truly sets them apart. Uh, with their strong team of vendors and a network of over 85,000 agents, their gross group will turn your dream of buying or selling a home into a reality. Their clients are not just transactions, they're lifelong friendships. So let the Air Gross Group take the pressure off uh, in your home buying experience. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at the Air Gross Group. And check out their website, housesinfla.com, or give them a call at 513-907-4271. That's housesinfla.com. No matter where you are on your home ownership journey, you'll feel welcome with Air Gross Group, the official realtor of Pewter Report. So... Moving forward, uh, we got a couple more awards to give out. So the next one kind of gets it by by default. Uh, it's not Ryan Neal. It's going to be Greg Gaines as uh, the best free agent free agent acquisition for the Buccaneers. Your thoughts on Greg Gaines, and should he be back next season? 
you know, I, you know, depending on what Jason light, you know, I just got off the phone with him. We're trying to figure out what, what we want to do. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> just depending on what the, uh, the Buccaneers want to do there and, and the defensive line, that interior, um, I think to me, it all depends too on the, the draft and what they end up trying to do. But specifically, I think it's worth it. I, if I were to just say right now, I think he's a good addition to that room. He's got the experience. I think um, him with Vita Vea, Elijah Cansey, um, you know, th- those guys played a lot, but then Greg Gaines, you know, if need be, you know, if Vita was out, we'd see Gaines get some more PT in there. Obviously that's someone that I, I would imagine that, you know, the Bucks feel, strongly on um just not talked about a whole ton but this is because it's highlighted from that defensive line room with the others that i was just talking about but uh yeah i I do think this was a solid acquisition from the buccaneers organization uh it was a smart move from jason light yeah yeah for sure and uh, angle says here i would argue that this would be izian uh because he was technically an undrafted free agent uh gains was all right though that's a great point uh he was an undrafted free agent but kind of just going with NFL players uh, that move to a new team with Greg Gaines. Again, he's solid depth. Uh, the Washington Huskies connection that he has with Vita Vea on uh, JTS. But he definitely could be the third kind of defensive tackle and another big guy. So he gets the nod for the best free agent acquisition. And Eric Codwell, he has a, another comment here. Thank you, Eric. Uh, what do you guys think about drafting Michael Penix, speaking of Washington Huskies, in the second round if he's there, even if we extend Baker? Logan, what do you think? You know, I'm seeing this is the fun part of the NFL draft time, and we're in that kind of realm now to where we're now second-guessing about some of the top quarterbacks or, you know, sometimes about the top players. I mean, Caleb Williams is getting second thoughts. Oh, my gosh. Now is it Drake May? It's all chatter. we got to drive the page views. we got to drive the clicks. Let's just go back, look at some games, man. I like Michael Penix. I don't know if he's going to get to the second round um, specifically, uh, you know, just depending on what some of the teams want to do and navigate-wise. But I like that kid. Um, you know, I think he faced some really good defenses uh, throughout the postseason there for him. And I thought he showed up in some big games when need be, yeah. of course, there to it. And he didn't reach, of course, where he wanted to be uh, and re- get to that uh, natty. But, you know, just specifically outside or get to the natty, but outside of just him as a player and then what Baker Mayfield brings to the Buccaneers, uh, it would be interesting. I I still think, though, with what uh, the Buccaneers have, you know, with Trask there, uh, you know, that was a, it wasn't really a battle too much there in this latter half of training camp. Once Baker Mayfield started getting down the system with Dave Canales, I would, you know, you would love to have a a top tier talent coming out of college football with Michael Penix on the roster for sure. You would love to have that. It just, you know, depends on what Jason light and they feel like moving forward is the best for the organization. But I, I just, for me, just right off the bat, I just don't know if, if if we see him fall, you know, far into that second round where the Buccaneers are going to be picking, he's I, I think he's super, super talented and he's going to extend uh, someone's offensive play calling and what they like to do efficiency wise. Yeah, uh, no, I agree that Penix definitely has the talent uh, to be an NFL quarterback at the next level, but it may not be the thing that will deter the Bucs. They have Baker Mayfield potentially coming back. And then also just bigger needs than uh, getting another quarterback with 
especially a Kyle Trask returning for another season. Uh, Nathan Elliott, he says here that the Bucks have bigger needs to address other than quarter, quarterback. Uh, you have edge rusher, interior offensive line. Uh, but Scott Reynolds in his newest mock draft, he did pick a quarterback uh, going to the Bucks. So uh, Peter Report people definitely check that out. Uh, there's other options too. You have J.J. McCarthy from Michigan uh, could enter the conversation should he fall in the second round. Uh, Michael Pratt from Tulane saw at the senior bowl, more of like a round three to four guy. But again, there's, there's a few quarterback options. The biggest domino obviously is Baker Mayfield, but there are some younger signal callers to consider. I want to ask you, Adam, real quick, if I can, Yeah. what do you think? We were talking about at the pro bowl, but you saw some of these guys at the senior bowl, but you know, always build in some drafts and mock drafts. What do you think about running back and what the Buccaneers Ooh. should do here? Because, you know, you've got Rashad White. We really like what Rashad White can do production-wise, and uh, he's, he's still growing as a player. So Rashad White, yeah, keep, keep. You know, this is a guy that has a lot of upside. But could you add in some extra talent with him to where he can use his, you know, his pass-catching abilities more and maybe fit to what, you know, Liam Coleman, what they want to do offensively. You know, do you do you look at, you know, where are you maybe drafting a running back here? Uh, and do you add that with someone like Rashad White? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so with Liam Cohen now being the offensive coordinator, a guy I really like that we saw at the Senior Bowl was uh, Ray Davis, uh, the Kentucky guy. Uh, Cohen worked with them. I believe he's like 5'11", 220. So he kind of has that, that power back build to him. But with Rashad White being so versatile between the run and pass game, you kind of need that that thunder to complement the Rashad White lightning. And Ray Davis, he showed out at the Senior Bowl. He also had a one-handed catch. So there's some elements where he can do both too. But I would definitely say Ray Davis is, would be on my radar maybe in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, a couple other running backs would be Blake Corum from Michigan. Again, that power back build. And along those lines, Braylon Allen uh, from Wisconsin talked to his center, uh, Tanner Bordellini, at the Senior Bowl, and he really loves Braylon Allen, and he had some big college production in the Big Ten. So definitely those two running backs. Are there any that come to mind for you? Hey, we were talking about him last weekend, but, uh, you know, covering Florida State hands-on there, just depending on how far he'd go, he's projected to be a top three guy in the running back room. But uh, with Trey Benson, uh, yeah. Know, the first thing that stands out is really, you know, the natural abilities, his physical attributes. I mean, it's it's really fun to watch Trey Benson. You just don't think that guy of that size and that magnitude can run that fast and have the speed and the, the, the vision and uh, getting off the tackles. He's one of the hardest players in the country to tackle. He, he's get good to get off of those guys, and he, he's good, got good vision in space. So just someone interesting to keep an eye on, the guy that, Eventually started at Oregon, transferred over to Florida State, uh, played for two seasons and, you know, really helped that offense move under Mike Norvell and, and finding success offensively there. But, uh, you know, it'd be really interesting grafting a guy from, you know, sticking here, sticking in Florida, in the state of yeah. Florida and bringing him down to Tampa. Want to be too far away from Tallahassee. So. Uh, and then I'm also just kind of being biased here. I need to get a Florida State guy hey. into the locker room. <laughs> I need a Noel in the locker room. And so uh, maybe I'm just advocating and, and pushing for that. Here I am advertising on your show for it. But 
you know, that's still someone that has some really good uh, ability to be a game changer for someone's offense. I'm just wondering though, if, you know, how you match that with Rashad White's uh, playmaking yeah. ability. And that's, that's not my, not my job to do. That's, that's Jason Light. That's why he gets paid the big bucks. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about Trey Benson. They are very much alike him and Rashad White, but Trey Benson is probably the best running back in this upcoming draft class. So I wanted you to talk about your fellow uh, Seminole there. So uh, Mark Fisher has a super chat here we can discuss. Uh, Josh, it's actually Sly Guy today, but uh, (laughs) off topic, but do you see a way to re-sign a more expensive Mayfield and still get our other top free agents? Uh, Good having you today. Thank you for your super chat, Mark. Uh, Logan, what are your thoughts? Resign a more expensive Mayfield and still get our other top free agents. This would depends have to how be expensive. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on how much Mayfield's going to get. And when I'm looking at Mayfield too, just as a guy, I, I think he's a big team guy. So he's going to make sure that, and it all depends on his agent negotiations and all that kind of blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it's going to come down to what is going to help Baker succeed. And Baker wants to succeed. He's highly competitive. He's, you know, always has these dreams of reaching that Super Bowl, reaching as far as he can to bring this team to where it needs to be. And uh, I, I think he'd be willing to, you know, take some lower some lower contracts or lower, um, you know, money-wise deals in order to, be able to build back some of these guys. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. Is that played a big vital role in their success on offense this last season. And, you know, more specifically looking at Mike Evans and, you know, what that's going to entail, you know, how do you yeah. work out where if you're going to pay Baker such a big amount, that's really going to hurt your chances of bringing back one of Baker's best and favorite and most efficient and the biggest targets, definitely in the red zone end zone, you know, Mike Evans always, always delivers season by season. So gotta, gotta, gotta be able to understand that, Hey, you know, let's make a good contract for myself, but you know, he's just a team player and I I think Baker is going to get paid very well, but it's kind of a little bit of, you know, do you pay Baker this much? Then you've got to start looking and the draft board and and adding talent around Baker. Then if you're going to do that, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. And it depends, like, if it's three years, $90 million for Baker Mayfield, definitely could see the Bucks signing off on that. But if it gets in that, I don't know, Daniel Jones territory where you're talking $40 million or Deshaun Watson getting, like, 45 if he's asking that, you got to kind of cut it off. But 30 maybe $32 million would be the cap that I would see for Baker Mayfield. But, again, he also seems like that guy that would take a little bit less and maybe get Mike Evans back, Antoine Winfield Jr., added interior offensive lineman and free agency or kind of address another need. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you know, the two, they're going to want to be big there. Like you just said on the interior offensive line, you know what you got on the sides, yeah. you know what you got really reliable there with Werfs and get 
but there's some moves that you're going to have to make on the inside that you want to do because of what you're going to be building around that quarterback if you're going to have a big deal, which you're most likely going to have if you're bringing Baker Mayfield back and what he's looking for. But on the top of my head and what I think of Baker, he's going to try to – it's going to be something where he's thinking team first and yeah. uh, you know uh, it is what it is and i'm just so glad that i don't have to worry about doing all those contract <laughs> talks adam i'm glad that yeah. we can just come on here and talk about the game that's all we need to do we don't need to yep. worry about the money problems about that let mike greenberg handle all that we're good <laughs> yeah i'm out i'm out get me out <laughs> but we talk about team needs uh the biggest need on the defensive side of the ball in 2024 will be an edge rusher uh, I know you're a big fan of Jared Verse, but he might not make it down to 26. So the Bucs will have to look at some other guys. Uh, if Lyotu Latu from UCLA drops, he could be an option. Uh, Disa Isaac, the guy in the graphic here from Penn State, his teammate, Chop Robinson. Or you look at Alabama, Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell could be other options. When you look at the ed- edge rusher being the biggest need, do you see that being the biggest need? And are there any other needs on the defensive side of the ball that might need some addressing? Yeah, I for me, I'm looking at definitely edge rusher and just continuing to build consistency there. Uh, you know, we, we saw the strides and we were talking about Yaya Diaby and kind of his play style isn't specifically to get to the quarterback. He's really good in the run game. He's more of a heavier said guy. Um, you know, you look that over on the other side, you know, for JTS to play that role in a, in a bigger way. And, you know, it just kind of hasn't been there yet. Yes, there's yeah. been some flashes here and there, but it just hasn't gotten to where probably the Buccaneers expected it to be. Definitely not expecting for Jared Verse to, you know, go that far and and fall in the first round. Uh, and these guys that you just mentioned here would be solid fits for what the Buccaneers like to do defensively. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think too on what else on defensively the, the Bucs will want to do in this draft. Um, I, I'm always just so big on loading up in, in the trenches because it impacts so much of the game uh, on, on a week-to-week basis. Getting around and, and the run game, it impacts. It also impacts the passing game for offenses. And I just love loading up. As the as the Bucks did, you know, I think they were kind of surprised a tiny bit with the Yaya Diaby's production in his first season. But, you know, Kalijah Kansi, they had the expectation for him to be a starter and come in and play imidi- immediately and have that impact. And, and so he did. Yeah, um, but I, I love loading up. I love loading up in the trenches. I'm a big trenches guy. Edge. So I want everybody flying after the quarterback or getting to that the, the um, backfield as much as possible. Yeah, that's a good strategy. When you look at the Eagles, you know they've really built up their roster in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Uh, the San Francisco mm-hmm. 49ers are in the Super Bowl in large part because of their defensive front is just gargantuan. You got like seven guys that could start on other teams. I mean. Building through the trenches is the way to go. Uh, Other needs to consider, if Carlton Davis is let go, maybe you look at another corner, uh, that third corner to kind of maybe take over that Zion McCollum role. Uh, Obviously, safety. You have Tyler Newbin, a fellow gopher. He could pair with Antoine Winfield Jr. or Cameron Kinchins uh, for Miami. Are there options there? So definitely some needs to consider. But the biggest one, uh, for Jason Light at least, should be getting another edge rusher. Uh, When... When we talk about, you know, the 49ers and how they've built their team, 
they're in the Super Bowl. So as we kind of close things out, want to get your prediction for the Super Bowl. You got San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. They're gearing up for a couple days, uh, getting ready for that Super Bowl. What are your thoughts on how the game might go? Man, I'm all over the place. I feel like every other day I'm switching up. Almost like like the morning I have a pick, and then the latter half of the day I switch up my pick. It's kind of yeah. here. So just saying right now, definitely if I'm wrong, definitely on this show if I'm wrong, to just don't take it seriously because I'd probably change it over to the other pick. But I, I think I'm going with – I think I'm going with the 49ers. I, I really do. The only big question mark I have is that they can't slow off, slow start like they did against the Detroit Lions. And, you know, things were clicking for the Lions. They were doing things great. Jared Goss was playing like he had been this whole season and finding the success with the Lions. But there's just so much talent on this team. And I think they're due to win. They're due to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, I yeah. thought they were a really good team with Jimmy Garoppolo. They ended up not winning that's Super Bowl, but there's a lot of talent offensively, defensively. I, I, I think it, I'm just hoping it will be a good game, and I think it will be. Um, and, you know, we're going to have so many good storylines to watch in it. You know, Chris McCaffrey's an absolute animal. Yeah. He's a freak of a freak of an athlete. Like, he, he just kind of runs, and you're like, can they really not tackle him? Like, what, what's the situation here? And then you go on the other side of the ball if you're talking about the Chiefs. And, you know, we always know what Patrick Mahomes brings to the table. Not a fun guy to play against, definitely whenever it's no, on the big stage. At all. He, he's continuously looking downfield. And if the 49ers can't have that pass rush, if the, the Chiefs are able to sustain a good offensive line, which they actually surprisingly have been able to get better at and, and the last couple of games of uh, protecting Patrick Mahomes, not allowing a ton of sacks, that's something that they can't do that. And the chiefs really show up on the front. Then, you know, they're, they're in some trouble where Patrick Mahomes is going to get the ball downfield. And now Travis Kelsey, he just was kind of fooling around for like first 75% of the season. Then he's like, yeah, ah, all right, I, I might as well play a little ball. Um, and you know, he's just, he's just the best at, at tight end right now in our game. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's awesome. George Kittle too, is an absolute animal at tight end. And, uh, we've just seen they were, surgeons of tight end game laporta yeah. too with detroit um you know that's what the buccaneers are hoping that they can get out of Cade otten as they continue to see progression out of him so there's all there's just talent everywhere no matter where you look um but as of today on thursday at 457 adam i'm going with the 49ers that might change uh tomorrow morning though yeah it it all depends on uh what the script might be, so to yeah. speak, if uh, Roger Goodell wants to see the Chiefs win it for Taylor Swift. But no, um, definitely could go back and forth either way with this one. I want to see the 49ers win. Uh, they haven't won it in a few years. And you also look at their roster and there's talent everywhere. Like you said, you got Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Trent Williams. You flip it over. You got Nick Bosa, Fred Warner. Uh, Javarius Ward. There's just so much talent there, but you can't count Patrick Mahomes out. So it's going to be a great game and also a great game to bet on. So that's where mybookie.ag comes into play. You can get a free deposit bonus at mybookie when you use the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. You can bet on the Super Bowl coming up. Uh, you can check out the prop bets and you can also bet on all the other sports. You have the NBA, uh, the trade deadline just passed. So it's going to be great to watch New players in different teams, so be sure to check that out. NCAA basketball, 
March Madness is coming right around the corner. So definitely want to get in on that, the NHL, and also some soccer. Uh, when you choose mybookie.ag, it's free money in your account. So that's a great deal. You can also check out their online casino where you can play every game and you don't even have to leave your coach. Again, that's mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Peter to get some free money on your bets. And then moving over, uh, also check out pewterreport.com. Uh, on X, Facebook, and Instagram at Pewter Report and YouTube at Pewter Report TV. A lot of great content. Uh, Scott just posted his mock draft. And on Monday's show, we're going to be going over the mock draft and discussing some more potential fits for the Bucks as draft season is just right around the corner. And also don't forget when you're following people, give Logan a shout out too. Uh, he did a great job here on today's show. You can follow him on X at Logan's Twitty. And Logan, uh, do you want to also plug your, your other uh, game days? Yeah, yeah, I would love to. We cover the Florida State Seminoles. So I know a lot of the chat here was talking about the Florida Gators. I'm not affiliated with the Florida Gators at all. So don't tie me into that. And definitely not. Please don't. Um, but yeah, Florida State Seminoles, Noel Game Day at Noel Game Day. We're Twitter, Instagram. We do a show every Wednesday evening at seven o'clock. Usually it's just us on there, or most frequently, or most recently, we've been having on a lot of guests with some former players from the 2023 yeah. season. So it's been, it's yeah, been Braden super Fisk on recently too, right? Add Braden Fisk on. So if you guys, I know a lot of y'all on the Peter Report side and y'all's listeners, if y'all want to listen to Braden Fisk, someone that I think whew, would be a really fun yeah. fit for uh, the Bucks, and it's a locker room fit too. Really good guy. Uh, we had a great interview with him. So, uh, yeah, that's that's us at Noel Game Day. We also cover MMA. So, if you guys like UFC coverage, we do that under MMAKnockout.com. And we're also on Twitter at UFC Knockout. Um, but yeah, those are our primary sites and, and everything. I deeply appreciate you inviting me on to here, Adam. This is super fun. Y'all do phenomenal work the best in the biz. And I, I think it's awesome to be able to just, you know, combine kind of our, our work together and only helps to give some better coverage out there to the Buccaneers fan base, which is a phenomenal one. Yeah, for sure. So for Logan Robinson, uh, this is Adam Slavon signing out, wishing everybody a great weekend, a great Super Bowl weekend. Uh, and be sure to tune in on Monday's show. Out. <laughs>